We know we promised a guest today in James Zuba, but literally, what was it, Tim? Maybe 30 minutes Five after minutes. we got off yeah. the phone. I with thought it was Zoom. less than that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it probably was less than that now that we think about it. Tim, I get a call from Tim. He says, hey, we've got breaking news. Patrick Tape <laughs> is going to Duke. So Syracuse transfer target. He's making his way down to Durham with the Blue Devils, a Charlotte native. We're going to discuss that and a little bit more. There's also some Syracuse football recruiting news we'll get to as well. They get their first commitment of the class of 2021. So we're giving it to you all here on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. I'm with Tim, Le- Tim Leonard today. We'll have James Zuba tomorrow and Friday. We promise that unless there is some sort of crazy breaking news, everything we talked about will still be relevant, pretty much unless Buddy Bayheim transfers, right? I mean, yes. based on everything <laughs> that we talked about. So anyway... Patrick Tappe is headed to the Blue Devils. He is joining the Brotherhood, and yet another. This was a guy who, yeah, this was a guy who was on Syracuse's radar, and now he's one of the top transfers on the market. And we know Syracuse kind of looking into that big men route for this next season, but Patrick Tappe will not be part of the orange in fact he will face the orange so he'll be on the other side of it yeah it stings and it's another example of coach k doing his last minute swoop in here the coach k calipari special i've seen some stuff on twitter people joking about how it's like why why even recruit if you're coach k just let jimmy b do the recruiting your good pal for you and then swoop in late now People are saying, like, screw Coach K for doing this. I mean, he's just doing his job. It's Duke. Yeah, what's he supposed to do? It's tough to to compete with. Yeah. And Tape, sure, he didn't technically make a visit to Duke, so maybe we didn't see this coming, but he's from Charlotte. He actually, by all accounts, all his family is Carolina grads, so he's kind of going against their wishes there. But he's going to be able to stay close to home. He's going to go to Duke where you're on TV every single day and you're playing in front of a spotlight that's great. And let's be honest, it's like if Duke comes into the picture, it's just hard to compete with. And he's going to bring experience to their front court as well. They're losing a number of pieces in that front court with Vernon Carey's going to be gone, Javon Delorier. Whatever your feelings on Jack White are, he's gone. So for better yeah. or for worse. And then. And there's rumors that they could have some transfers there. Matt Hurd has been rumored to transfer. Right. I think Wendell Moore has been rumored to transfer. So maybe this is a sign that that's coming and their attention to Seth Towns late as well. But this it is tough. Like you, you miss out on Towns and Tape, who are the two guys you were kind of after for a while. But by all accounts, it never seemed like it was really expected that they would come here and then when duke threw their hat in the ring like is it really that surprising it's just kind of the nature of duke which is sad for syracuse but that's a sad reality for all these teams it's kind of interesting too because we kind of talked about tape earlier as well and how academics were going to be a big thing and we discussed this with towns too how okay having a school like harvard in the case of towns and then duke although it didn't end up being Duke, it's Ohio State, but having those two on your resume is pretty good. With a guy like Patrick Tappe, he's going to have Columbia, and now he's going to have Duke on his resume. And when he talked with Ben Burrows of Syracuse.com, it seemed like academics were going to be a real big thing for him, and Syracuse really didn't have the program he was interested in. And a place like Duke probably has a little higher level of what he wanted to get into as well yeah and our guy ben who we're going to try and chat with soon here we actually i was planning on chatting with him tomorrow about this all and 
actually today, now that you're listening to this, we're recording it the night before, and of course, this news came out. I thought it was going to be two or three weeks. That was kind of what all indicators pointed to, but when Duke comes in, I think that sped up his timeline here. And he told Ben Burroughs, kind of texted him right after Ben tweeted this out, that it was about being close to home, and you can't really fault him for that, especially given what's going on now in the world. Like, it's bigger than ever to be closer to family kind of going forward here, and he can not have to worry about going up in the offseason and and trying to find time to schedule travel plans, and who knows how long this stuff's going to be a factor. I mean, this is a new thing here, this coronavirus, but we don't know if the basketball season's going to start on time. I mean, I would assume so. We don't know if the school year is going to start on time. That's another kind of what if. So he's closer to home now, and he's probably seen this campus before, even though he hasn't technically visited. Yeah, that's that's definitely an interesting thing you bring up there because, again, I think this everything that's going on kind of grounding people. They're they're getting a, a nice dose of reality, and yeah. who knows? Maybe maybe that did play a little bit of a factor in all of that. Anyway, so Syracuse out of the fold in that department, and they're going to have to not necessarily fill in the holes now at the center position because you do have an overload of centers on your roster. I mean, we talked about this with James, which you can hear tomorrow and you can hear on Friday as well. There's a chance that if they bring in a transfer who's a big man, they will have more centers on this roster than guards. So I wouldn't say necessarily they're missing a huge void, but you maybe would like a little bit of that sort of experience as well. Some some experience that, that's proven it game in and game out. And we'll see. We'll see what the rest of the market holds. But let's get into a little more of Joshua Morgan because that's the name that Syracuse has been linked to so far. We'll talk about him next. So Joshua Morgan, now that the orange is out of the Patrick Tape sweepstakes, he's the name that's on everyone's mind right now because that's really the only transfer name the orange has been linked to outside of the two Ivy League guys who both went their own ways elsewhere. So his offers right, or not offers necessarily, but the teams that he has heard from so far, UCLA, USC, Arizona, Arizona State, San Diego State, St. Mary's, USF, Arkansas, Oregon State, Washington State, Oregon, Syracuse, and Texas. So pretty much the Pac-12 and then a handful of other schools are on his list right now. Again, he's a California kid, so I would guess he probably stays out that way, but you never know. So I think you and I are both a little bit puzzled that the Orange is looking after a big man, especially since he's a young guy. He just finished his freshman season, and certainly a defensive force with his two and a half blocks, but another skinny kid, 195 pounds at six foot 11. And I mean, think think Jesse Edwards and then take 20 pounds off of him. That's what he is right now. He actually, he kind of reminds me of Doljai when I saw his highlight tape. He seems to be able to have a, a more skilled game, more refined game than Jesse Edwards, at least right now. The other thing to consider with him, and I think he kind of hit on it there is, there's really no reason for us to anticipate that he's coming. Like, when you say linked, like, yeah, he has been linked, but it's not like Syracuse is on his short list here or anything like that. And you just named a lot of schools, and Syracuse just happens to be one of them. And honestly, they don't have much in common with those schools, which makes you think he's probably more interested in staying out west. I mean, they're certainly not selling weather as as compared yeah. to those other schools there. 
but I guess that's true for pretty much any circumstances. I I would be surprised if he came, and you have to keep in mind that he's not guaranteed to play next year. Actually, if it were according to rules right now, he would have to sit out. Now, a lot of people are anticipating that rule to change in a month, so that's a what-if question, but he would be more of a guy that I guess you would be looking at for down the road because he's just finished up his freshman season here. Yeah, Based off of that, that's what is so interesting to me is that the bulk of your centers, too, I mean, we mentioned the logjam at the position, but for the most part, they're young. You've got John Bolajak, you've got Jesse Edwards, both guys who, in the case of John Bolajak, he redshirted this past season. Jesse Edwards finishes freshman season. And then Brahma Sidibe, he's going to be out of the program by the time this guy, at least under current rules, by the time he, yeah. by the time Morgan would have a chance to play, Sidibe would be out of the program. But I just find it so interesting that this program is going after a big man. I, that, that's the thing that that puzzles me so much because the pursuit is clearly there. You don't have your name linked to two six ten six eleven guys that, especially when you have. That those type of players at the position is that a lack of faith in the position right now is that someone about to leave I, like that's what I'm trying to grapple with right now is why are these the targets for this team I think it's it's easy to think of it from a next year's perspective and that's what we've been doing a lot um, when we've been talking on this podcast but look if you like him and you think he's a good fit for the zone at the anchor position someday obviously he would have to gain muscle but he gained a lot of muscle from the start of freshman year or the end of high school to the end of freshman year at Long Beach State. I think he gained about 16 pounds. So he was really skinny. He's still really, really skinny, but he's at least proven that he can gain some weight, unlike kind of Dolzhai and some of these other guys here that Syracuse has had. And that's been the issue. They just haven't had muscle at that position. So you're not really correcting that by going after this kid. But it's easy to say, like, why are you going after someone when there's three centers? But as you said, Sidibe's probably going to be gone soon. And then, like, do we think Jesse Edwards and John Bolajak are on the precipice of being stars here? I mean, maybe someday down the road, but you're just looking for talent. That's what you need right now if you're Syracuse. So I think you never shy away from an opportunity to find talent, especially when you're talking about the center position, which does require a specific skill set in this 2-3 zone. And you've got the scholarships to work with too, yeah. so that's certainly not an issue. And I mean, you might as well use them. You can't you can't go to the grave with them. So you you've got a chance to bring in a guy. And hey, if you think he is better, and who knows, maybe this means one of the other guys is filtering out of the program, and maybe there is more faith in a guy like Morgan than they're seeing out of John Bullishock or Jesse Edwards. Who who knows? That's all speculation, but. It's certainly an interesting little twist that we've seen in this offseason so far for Syracuse. So they've struck out on two guys so far. The This third guy in Joshua Morgan, we'll see what happens there. And we'll see what happens with the rest of the market. Because that's certainly, again, we're only at the beginning right now of yeah. everything that's sort of unfolding. So Keep in mind when John Gillen and Andrew White committed pretty late in the process. Yeah. I mean, White, Andrew White... 
I don't even know if he could have physically signed up for classes. I mean, you and I, yeah, just going through the process of week. signing up for classes, like, do we get locked out at that point? But I mean, he was like the day before school started. I feel yeah. Like, so and Gillen was a late ad too. So yeah, it's it's early. It's easy to jump the gun here. We're all sitting at home looking at this stuff and I have nothing but to do but sort of talk about it. But it is very early. Yeah, it's early in that regard and. Who knows, maybe when this rule is officially passed that players can just transfer freely and not have to sit out a year. Maybe we see even more names flood into the portal right now. I would guess, yeah. We'll have to wait and see on all of that. That vote coming up in about a month right now. So that's going to definitely change the landscape of everything. It not just not just basketball, it'll change football, it'll change everything in college athletics. Speaking of football, the Orange picked up their first commit in the class of 2021. We'll tell you about Terry Lockett next. Quick time out to tell you about our friends over at Blinkist. You know who's a smart man? Jim Beheim. You know why he's a smart man? Because he reads a lot. Just read Matthew Gutierrez's article on The Athletic about him and his reading habits. Let me tell you about the most useful app on my phone. You know, it's hard to find time to sit down and read and learn more when you don't have free time. You can't read or work on your personal development. But that's where Blinkist comes in. Blinkist is really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people, just like Jim Beheim, are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. And we know you've got a lot of time at home these days. I like Blinkist so much that I actually found my favorite book of all time through Blinkist, The Four by Scott Galloway about the rise of the tech sector in America. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your seven-day free trial, and you'll also save 25%, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. So Dino Babers spending his time in quarantine still recruiting guys in a sense. He's got his first commit locked up for the class of 2021. Terry Lockett, a three-star defensive tackle out of Massachusetts. He had some... Some other notable offers, got one from Michigan, so how about that? Another Massachusetts guy that Dino Babers beats out over Jim Harbaugh, if you remember Ifatu Malafanwu also was in that same camp as well, also held two other offers, one from Buffalo, one from Massachusetts, and had some interest from Boston College, but never officially got an offer. Defensive tackle is going to be an important position for this team moving forward. Right now, it's slim pickings right now. Josh Black will be back. Obviously... The, the roster is going to change a lot between now and when Lockett actually steps on the field. But again, you see, you can see recruiting happen in waves where, okay, maybe you overload on a position one year and you don't have to worry about them for the next two or so years as much. And d- defensive tackle and the defensive line in general is going to be one that 
Dino Babers and company are going to give a hard look over these next couple of years. Yeah, this is addressing a need for sure. I got to say, when you say Boston College, it just feels like BC is... Every Syracuse commit, every Syracuse target has also gotten an offer from Boston College, right? right? And There I know, is a Venn diagram to all of this, and yeah. they are squarely in the middle. <laughs> right. I, they must talk a little bit, and I guess it's not Adazio anymore, so maybe they're not talking as much, but it's also it's Springfield, Massachusetts, so that does make sense. He's got the offer from Massachusetts. Buffalo is a team that, and this might sound like a shot, but, you know, in a lot of cases, it's Buffalo gives kind of an offer as a reach, and then Syracuse is more of an offer that is potentially going to actually be a, a team that can get him, and that's this case with Terry Lockett. So a pretty solid get, I'd say, ratings-wise. He's 255 pounds-wise, 6'1", so, you know, as a nose tackle, he's going to have to add some weight, but he's got time to do that, and I think everyone is giving him the intention to add weight i'm sure he will and like you said this is kind of a need right now so if you were looking for a position group to target in 2021 it's terry lockett and and good way to start by getting your first commit there yeah only other guys right now by the time lockett actually gets onto campus that would be eligible to be a defensive tackle it would be joe rondi who was a freshman this year curtis harper and then chris elmore too so very very slim right there and and you got to fill out two of them so we'll we'll see it'll be a an interesting situation to monitor over these next couple of years but Lockett got out of Springfield again he's got a lot of time to kind of grow into that body six foot one that that's solid size at the position so uh, the weight is going to be something that can can get bumped up a little bit but I mean a guy like Rondi who came in as a freshman at 250 Lockett's a junior in high school he's already 255 and you figure putting on weight is going to be his main focus over these next couple of years yeah I think defensive line has been an area where they've had some success too and they should because Alton Robinson Kendall Coleman even go back to Chandler Jones guys like that now I know I'm talking more about edge rushers right now but Chris Slayton like they have a lot of sort of players to reference when you're talking to these tackles or linemen and say hey you know that guy like go look him up like he went to Syracuse and we taught him up pretty well think about Arthur Jones too Chandler Jones's brother relative so I think that's an area where they've done pretty well here in these future classes and they're going to need to continue to target that defensive tackle area because that was a strength in that 10 win season it was all right last year but really everything was just blown up last year because of the offensive line. So that's another area they need to target, but it's key to get those positions in the trenches, and it does seem like Lockett's very excited to be committed to Syracuse based on his Twitter activity, which is good to see. Yeah, so the Syracuse shoring up one of the, the areas where football games are won and lost, like you mentioned, right? Right smack dab in the trenches. So that's definitely the, the area that we will see the Orange go after. Again, they're losing most of their starting defensive line from this season so you'd anticipate that's the main focus over these next couple of years and then of course there can always be transfers and grad transfers and stuff of the like as well all right that's going to do it for today's episode of the locked on syracuse podcast we've got you daily we've got james zuba tomorrow that's going to be fun a whole state of the program with syracuse basketball so that we we've already recorded it it's good stuff you're not going to want to miss that it's going to be a two-part series so expect that for thursday and friday and we'll also speaking of football 
We're supposed to talk to Zach Mahoney sometime this week, so I'm yeah, definitely that's looking be forward fun. to that as well. And we'll we'll have you for that on uh, next week when, when we're dishing out our daily podcast for you. But Zach Mahoney, I think one of the guys who had maybe the most interesting football career yeah. in terms of Syracuse athletes that, that I've seen in quite some time. Because, I mean, his, his career took all sorts of world when he went from a guy who probably didn't expect to maybe see the field at all to playing in some of the most important games that Syracuse ever played in. So be on the lookout for that coming up next week. For Tim, I'm Tyler. We will talk to you with James Zuba tomorrow. <laughs>